What's going on, Rough Golfers? Welcome to the Rough Golf Podcast, episode number 33. Thank you so much for joining me today. So glad to have you. Hope everybody is having a fantastic day. Hope you had a great weekend. Maybe you played some golf over the weekend. I know I did, and I can't wait to tell you about it because it was uh, lackluster. But uh, there were some very important things that I learned when I was playing this weekend that I need to work on, and that's what golf's all about, right? You, You play You identify your weaknesses, and then you fix those weaknesses to hopefully play better. Today we're going to be talking about Fitzpatrick versus Spieth in the playoff for the RBC Heritage. I really like that course. I don't know. It's just, it's comforting. You know, you got the Masters, and then boom, you've got RBC Heritage, and uh, I really like it. You know, I enjoyed it. And the playoff was, was pretty neat to watch, too, so we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about why putting is make or break. And uh, you may understand why I want to talk about that if you saw the playoff. We'll get more into that in a little bit. And then, of course, we're going to talk about Adelaide for the next Live Golf Tournament versus the Zurich Classic. Okay? We've got an old standard there. We've got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today, so let's get right into it. Okay, so the RBC Heritage uh, down there in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, really pretty course. It's, it's a really, really nice course. And after the four strenuous days of golf, you had Matthew Fitzpatrick and Jordan Spieth entered into a playoff, okay, for the, uh, the W for the RBC Heritage. So, um, if you didn't know, Spieth actually won the RBC last year, and he always seems to do pretty well on that course. I mean, it, you know, I don't know if it's just if it's comfortable to him or he just uh, you know, he's played it a lot so he knows his strengths and weaknesses when it comes to that course, but he seems to do really really well. Evidence of that is winning last year um and being in contention this year, of course. So um they had uh I believe three total playoff holes and uh Spieth had some serious issues with putting, okay? On two of the playoff holes, he thought his putts were going in, but they actually lipped out at the last second. And I mean, you could see it in his face. He really thought he had it in that putt, that, that ball just right around the cup. And I mean, how many times has that happened to you out on a golf course where you think it's going in, you get that overwhelming sensation of like, all right, yes, I got it. I'm on to the next hole. And then that putt lips out and you're like, oh my man, what happened? You know, even in the audience, you could see, you know, people standing up cheering like, yeah, it's going in. He's won. And then they just are shocked that the putt lips out. And that happened twice. I mean, imagine the tension you have when you're thinking like, oh yes, I've got this. And then boom, it just slips out. So Spieth had a couple issues with putting, uh, as you could see when you were watching the, uh, the playoff between him and Fitzpatrick. So um, this just proves how clinch putting is. Okay. And I think a lot of us aren't interested in uh, dealing with a lot of putting practice, but we're going to get more into that a little bit later. Now, I want you to got, you guys to put yourself in the position of both Fitzpatrick and Spieth. Now, for some reason, when I was watching the playoff, it did not seem like Fitzpatrick was that worked up. You know, he, he actually seemed to be like laughing and smiling. And he just, I, I mean, I know the pressure and the stress was there, but he just seemed to be 
calm, cool, and collected. Spieth, on the other hand, seemed to be a little bit more emotional. And I'm not talking like he was angry or he seemed rushed. You could just tell that, uh, you know, this was this was a lot of pressure on him. And I think he's had some issues in the past with um, converting his abilities into a win, especially when the pressure builds. You know, I think he feels comfortable at RBC Heritage, why, which is why he did so well. But I also think that he does uh, have some issues with pressure. You know, I mean, and who wouldn't? You're on a national stage, televised event. It's a it's a big event, and uh, you know, there's a lot to uh, a lot riding on it. So, um, you know, anyone in that situation would no doubt be nervous. But Fitzpatrick just seemed to, I don't know, handle the the nerves, the butterflies a little bit better. I mean, he had those bad boys in a net. So, good deal with. What it takes to um, make those shots in that pressured situation, you have to be a machine. You know what I mean? Like, I just want you to put yourself on the um, the 18th hole at RBC Heritage, okay? Water on the left. You've got to carry a certain section of water, and you better fade that ball to make sure that it ends up in the right. If not, you're in trouble. And you are you know, one hole away from winning this, this tournament, earning a large amount of money through the purse and the payout, and you've got to make a quality shot, you know. So both of them step up there, Fitzpatrick and Spieth, and just hit it like, you know, they've been, they're just out practicing. I mean, there's no sweat, no, no major nerves or ticks, you know, nobody goes in the water, makes a shank or anything weird like that. They just, they just, like machines, hit the ball out there and land it in the fairway and then continue their next shot. And neither one of them seemed to struggle very much with their approach shots. It, it came down to uh, really putting for Spieth. Okay, that was the big, the big issue. Um, so just thinking about how mechanical you have to be to make sure that those shots that you make to even get you to the green are, you know, uh, not if not perfect, then very, very good because your whole tournament's riding on that. And I'm just thinking, you know, how would an amateur golfer feel in that situation? Of course, you know, Spieth and Fitzpatrick have been in tournament situations. They've been in clutch situations like this. So, you know, that is, uh, I guess that's normal to them. But I was trying to think about how I would feel standing on the 18th tee playing that first playoff hole and hoping, 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 hoping I don't hook it off into the water and, and end my round early. So, you know, you you have to really rely on muscle memory and almost just take your mind out of the equation, know that you know how to swing a golf club and get the ball out there into play so that you can continue with the playoff. So both Spieth and Fitzpatrick did that. They played 18 and that was Spieth's first lip out. They played 17. That was Spieth's second lip out for the win. And then they went back to 18, where eventually Fitzpatrick got the better of Spieth. He hit a much better approach shot in. I mean, he hit it to like five inches or six inches of the cup. Spieth hits his, and he's got quite the putt. I'm going to say it's like maybe 15 or 17 feet. So he had, you know, he really had to pull one out of the bag in order to... Uh, to win that tournament, but it was fantastic to watch, and you know, who doesn't love a playoff? It's just that head-to-head, battling it out, the tension, 
you know, it, it's one of the best parts of the PGA Tour uh, and the product that they offer. And um, I did watch some of the uh, highlights on YouTube. I went back and watched it in preparation for um, this podcast. And one of the comments that got a lot of likes on there was why, uh, or this is why the PGA Tour is better than Live Golf. And I was thinking like, this could happen in any situation. You know, Live Golf can have a playoff between individual players. That can happen, you know. It just hasn't happened because of the the amount of time that uh, Live Golf's been out there. So saying that just because (laughs) there's a playoff that happens at the RBC Heritage, making the the entire PGA Tour product better than Live Golf is not, I I just don't agree with that, you know. I mean, that can happen in any situation, um, you know, in any major a golf tour. It happens on the European tour, on the Asian tour, what have you, you know, playoffs happen. So, uh, it was interesting to, to, you know, see someone else's perspective along with, a you know, quite a few people who enjoyed that comment and liked it. They thought that, uh, you know, that guy was right, that, that this is why the PGA tour is better. And, you know, and I just don't, I don't see it. There was some drama, you know, it was dramatic with the lip outs and stuff. So it builds tension and, and tension, Building in any type of entertainment is good. That's what makes you know movies and television good. You're you're excited. You want to find out who is going to win. You're rooting for someone to win. It gets you involved in the uh, the sport. You know, whereas maybe some of Liv's offerings right now don't necessarily involve you as well as say you know a playoff on the PGA Tour. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. So let me know what you guys think. What do you think about that? Let me know what you think down in the comments below. Tell me how you feel about uh, you know the PGA Tour, the playoffs, the stuff that happened at RBC and uh, you know does that outweigh the product that Liv's offering? Because we're going to be talking about Liv a little bit later in this podcast and there's something really interesting that happened that I haven't heard happen for the PGA Tour in a while. So, you know, could be a turning point. I don't know. Now, because Spieth uh, thought that he had both of those putts in the bag, I mean, you can almost see him celebrating before the uh, just before the putt lipped out. So you knew he was he was like, no, I've got this. And I want to know from you guys, do you think that his overconfidence maybe cost him the match. I don't know. Because, you know, Fitzpatrick seemed to be fairly confident, fairly stable. Spieth was a little more worked up, but it really happened after the the lip outs. I mean, I think that really shook his confidence. Uh, but going into the playoff, I think he was overly confident that he had it in the bag. Of course, he won it last year, so he's very familiar with the course. And he had that, uh, that kind of like defending champ, uh, you know, title on his side. But I just wondered, did, did uh, confidence get the best of him? and cause him to, you know, think that uh, he's got it in the bag when, when he really didn't. So, I don't know. Tell me what you guys think down below. Now, we're going to talk about why putting is make or break, okay? And obviously, you know, we just mentioned uh, Spieth having some trouble with uh, sealing the deal because his putting wasn't on point. Now, I played golf over the weekend with a good friend of mine, and I struggled with putting. And a lot of times I like to look at the pro game and look at my game and see uh, some similarities and say like, oh, okay, you know, he's struggling with putting, and I seem to kind of mimic a lot of what he does, so maybe I should, you know, figure out what I can do to, to do better with putting. You know, maybe I'll look at some of the drills that he's doing 
to help his putting because I have the I have a similar problem. Maybe you miss right or you miss left, and you know one of your favorite pros does too. So you can kind to kind of tailor your game and uh, get a little bit better. Now the greens that I was playing on uh, were faster than I'm used to. Okay, I play a lot of uh, public golf courses that have slower greens just because of the um, the way that they cut them and the, the you know the uh, frequency in which they cut them the greens are just a little bit slower so I often have to put a little bit harder than I would on these greens and I felt like if you you know barely touched the ball uh, the I mean it was just blazingly fast okay and I don't have an opportunity to play these courses like this very often just because of the cost and, uh, you know, my budget for golf is kind of limited. So uh, more often than not, I'm looking for the more cost-effective courses. But I think, um, you know, playing these courses that have these faster, tighter greens, uh, just it helps your game. So if you have the opportunity to do it, I would highly suggest that you do. But I wasn't the only one to struggle with putting. My buddy struggled a little as well. And I want to give you uh, a scenario that stuck in my head um, we were on the back side, okay. He beat me on the front side. All right, he's a monster hitter, and uh, he's a he's a really really good golfer. And um, we had a par three, okay. This was about 175 yards to the pin, all right. And that's with slope correction because this par three, you're all the way on top. Your tee box is all the way up on top of the hill. In the green, you're hitting to a green down below, okay. There's a sand trap, a big old giant gaping mouth sand trap in front of this uh, par three. I think it's hole number, I don't know, 16 or 17. No, I think it's 16. Yeah, hole number 16. And uh, this sand trap just, it looks intimidating. So I tried to take a six iron and hit a soft six iron because I was a little concerned with the wind that my seven, if I didn't strike it well enough, wouldn't quite get to the green and I was going to get stuck in that trap. Well, I hit a six iron and because I try to hit it soft, I don't give it enough juice and the wind catches it and I'm off on the side of the green. So, you know, didn't make that, which really stunk. But my buddy hits a beautiful seven iron, strikes it just pure, man. It's just perfect. And then bam, hits the green, the back of the green, spins it back and it's within seven feet of the hole. Straight flat putt, seven feet of the hole, okay? I mean, he's just sitting perfect for a birdie. I'm sure a pro could probably get it to within three feet, but with the conditions that we were dealing with that day, I mean, I was super impressed, all right? So we head down to the green. Uh, I get up, not not a very good up, but I get up, uh, and I don't uh, have to go through those two chips, which has been a, a common problem in my game, and uh, get onto the green, and I'm um, closer than he is, so I'm within six or so feet. He makes his putt and misses it, okay? But then finishes about two feet from the, the hole and decides that he wants to go ahead and play out. Um, that's fine because I'm working on trying to read my putt. Misses that two-foot putt, okay? And then has a four-inch putt to come back, and he makes that one. So he went from the birdie opportunity to a bogey, and it crushed him. It really did. It really did. And I think I ended up with a, a bogey as well for up and down. Um, so, you know, he set himself up perfectly for that birdie putt. And the, the confidence you feel after hitting an amazing shot can really give you a boost. And, you know, I can't speak for my buddy, but, um, 
you know, I often wonder in myself that I hit that shot, I probably would have had a similar outcome because I get too excited, too overconfident that I'm going to make that putt. So working on uh, pressure putting or, you know, imagining yourself on the putting green and thinking like, okay, I just hit into a par three. I'm sitting beautiful for a birdie. I need to make this five, six, seven foot putt. I need to do that. And just sit there on the putting green with, you know, seven or eight balls and when nobody else is around, because you don't want to make anybody mad out there, and just try to make those seven-foot putts with that same amount of pressure. You know, you're standing over the ball, I've got to make this putt or I lose the match, or I've got to make this putt or I won't break my all-time low or whatever. And that, I think, will help you deal with some of those nerves that you're going to experience on the putting green. Now, after the match, I asked my buddy, you know, how did he feel how the match went? And he was like, and I just, I struggled with putting. That's something I never work on. I'll head out to the range. I'll bomb drives. I'll work on my chipping. I'll work on my iron play, but I never work on putting because putting's boring. And it is. I find it super hard to practice putting myself, but it's so important. You know, from the pro level, had Jordan Spieth centered his putts a little bit more, had he, had he worked on putting maybe you know, two more hours during the week or a little bit more time, would that have made a difference? It could have made a huge difference, you know, between first and second place and another PGA Tour win, career win, it could have made a huge difference. You know, for us amateurs, it's it makes a difference on the weekends when we're playing with our buddies for bragging rights, but for those pros, it's completely different. So I want you guys, if you haven't been thinking about putting or if you've been struggling with putting, you know, spend some time focusing on just practicing your putting. You know, get on your carpet. You don't need to buy any fancy putting mat. Get a, a, a plastic cup. Get on your carpet if your wife is not going to be upset with you putting on your carpet. And practice putting for 30 minutes, you know, two or three days a week. Just that before you go play your next round of golf, give yourself three opportunities to practice putting for 30 minutes on your carpet. Just get your stroke down, get your distance down, and get your aim down and see if that will translate to your golf game out on the course. I guarantee you it will. More time with the flat stick in your hand is going to help you and translate out on the green to making more putts. Okay, so putting is make or break for a round. You may be a bomb driver. You may be a great iron player. But putting is a great equalizer because you don't have to be strong to be a good putter. You don't have to be young to be a good putter. You just have to have the time put in, the practice put in, and the mental state, which my grandfather says putting is all about mental state, to sink those putts. And sometimes when you're excited and you're worked up because you had a great tee shot, that mental mental state can go to bits. So try to focus on that. Work on your putting. It is make or break. And, you know, if you have time on your next round, uh, if you've got 20 minutes or so, skip the range Go to the putting green and just work on putting. And I guarantee you, you're going to see good results out there. I guarantee it. All right, we're going to finish up with the Live tournament in Adelaide versus the Zurich Classic. Now, Liv's next match and first match in Australia will be in Adelaide while the Zurich Classic is going on. Zurich Classic starts on the 20th of this week and um, the... Uh, Live tournament starts on the 21st because it's just a three-day event, of course. Now, it's going to be interesting to see which event steals the show because this is a time where you've got two tournaments that are comparable. You know, you've got a team event for Live, obviously, because they're team-based, 
And then you've got the Zurich Classic, which is also a team event. Now, yes, yes, I know some of you out there are saying, but wait, wait, there's only two-man teams for the Zurich Classic, and the team structure for Liv is not the same. Well, you know what, guys? Why are you nitpicking? Okay, don't nitpick on me. Just, just hear me out. They're both team events. They're comparable. Which one's going to steal the show? The Live event is sold out. Yes, you heard me correctly. Sold out. Okay, I looked on Live's website and the ground passes are sold out. If you want to watch the Pro-Am Day, there's still tickets available and there's tickets for hospitality. But the ground passes, getting out there, viewing the golf, sold out. You're going to have to watch it on TV. Okay. Or, well, the CW Network or app or whatever, or just YouTube it like I do, and you'll be good. Uh, that says a lot because tickets for the Zurich Classic are still available. Now, do I think that because this is the first time that lives in Australia, that uh, that has something to do with it? Yes, I think that's part of it. You know, you know, a lot of people are probably excited to see a live event in person, and that can, you know, that can drum up quite a bit of interest. Also... You've got Cam Smith, who's Australian, and, you know, maybe one people want to go out and represent. And then you've got Greg Norman, the head of the uh, Live Empire, so to speak, who's also Australian. So, you know, maybe there's some support for their countrymen, and uh, that's why you're seeing a sold-out uh, tournament for Adelaide. But I'm interested to watch that one. I can't wait to see um, some Live Golf in action. And, you know, I'll probably bounce back and forth and watch some of the Zurich Classic as well because, you know, I just like watching golf in general. It doesn't matter uh, who is headlining the event, PGA or Live. It's still great golf, and that's what I want to see. So, And I think that's what most people want to see, although you wouldn't believe that if you read some of the YouTube comments uh, on some of my uh, podcasts that I put out on the YouTube platform because people really don't like Live. But then you've got a few that really don't like the PGA Tour either. So it's it's pretty interesting. Now, I also want to say most of the Aussies that I've met um, have been a little bit rebellious against the status quo. So they, they kind of, I don't know, they just like to ruffle feathers. I mean, the, the ones that I've met at least. That's not all Australians. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the guys that I've met, uh, you know, they, I think they kind of like a little bit of the in-your-face that Liv is with Greg Norman and Cam Smith. And, I mean, come on, they're 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 repping it. So, respect, guys, respect. It's just going to be interesting to watch. So, at which event are you more excited about? Let me know in the comments below. I want to know. Guys, that's all I have for you for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you joining me today. And, as always, keep on swinging. Oh, 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 oh,